At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters— With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Vars sitting in for Matt Humans right now. He's been on Follow the Money this week on VSIN. If you've been missing him, that's where you can find him. I'm also joined by Wes Reynolds on the desk at the VSIN studio inside the South Point Sportsbook today. We have a lot of NBA playoff action going on, and every day we get a little bit of updates on the futures odds here. So if we take a look at the NBA championship odds now, they shifted quite a bit when the Lakers were knocked out, obviously. And now I'm even seeing a shift for the Suns moving up the board. Right now, the Nets still the favorite at plus 120 on DraftKings, Jazz 3 to 1, Suns plus 650, 76ers 8 to 1, the Clippers plus 850, a drop off for them. The Bucks still at 14 to 1, and then a huge drop for the Hawks down to 60 to 1, and the Nuggets 80 to 1. Anything on this board interesting to you, Wes? Maybe the Clippers at plus 850. Of yeah. course, they are now down 1 0 in the Western Conference semifinals, but I think that they have a little bit more of the value. I think, and I'm agree- I'm in agreement with JVT. I think they are the, the best team in the West when they play their best, but they don't always do that, as we saw in the second half of game one. So no surprise to see the Suns get support being up to enough, and we've kind of talked about that series and the fact that Denver's just really struggling in terms of backcourt depth. I know trying to get Will Barton back, but who knows when he is going to be like fully healthy because hamstring injuries, you just don't come back from that. And then immediately, immediately contribute and really be a hundred percent and go full go. So Denver really struggling with the depth standpoint. And that's why you've seen them drift up at draft gains all the way to 120 to one with Philadelphia and Atlanta. 
I don't know what to do yet with that either with uh, Embiid, obviously still producing, but you always worry a little bit about that knee. Of course, you and I have that Eastern Conference bet on the 76ers to make the NBA Finals, but... I'm kind of in a hold pattern on these guys because now Atlanta goes back home. They were great in the first game or in the first series rather against the New York Knicks at home. So maybe they can keep that up. I kind of lean to them tomorrow night in the game three spot. I think it's two and a half right now is the spread, but obviously the nets are going to be barely just over an even money favorite right now. They just look like an offensive juggernaut. But if I was going value and I was getting involved at this standpoint, I'd look at the Clippers there at 17 to two. Right. The Nets obviously establishing themselves as the team to beat in the East. And you mentioned JVT. He wrote an article for Point Spread Weekly this week, which came out yesterday. You can check it out at vcin.com, talking about the Clippers being the team to beat in the West, as you mentioned, at least on paper. Mm-hmm. It, for his numbers, that's what it looked like. But we're seeing a lot of the Suns. Are you not looking at the Suns because of just simply out of a value play? Would you like yeah, them at all to win the West? A little bit. I mean, I can certainly understand why they're. 13 and 2 a plus 650 because they look like this maybe could be a shorter series than I think was anticipated. I I called Suns and 6 was my prediction on this and I did bet at a minus 195 before game 1, but now when the Suns finally get to that Western Conference Finals, now this is like new tread for a team because this is a team, keep in mind, that did not make the playoffs last year. And that's why I've been touting Chris Paul saying he might be the most valuable player for his team because he took a team that had some young potential that just missed out on the playoffs, but yet they did miss out on the playoffs and got them to a number two seed in the West. So it's like, when do they finally hit that wall where they played a little bit over their head? And that's kind of your concern with the Suns. Clippers do have more experience but they can be a little bit more erratic absolutely I think when we saw Devin Booker in the bubble last year, we were all very excited to see what was going to happen with this mm-hmm. team, especially with the addition of Chris Paul. I want to pivot over to Stanley Cup futures as well, because we didn't get to get into these in our last block. Any futures odds for the Stanley Cup worth betting right now? The Lightning are the short shot favorite at plus 175. Golden Knights right behind that at plus 185. Avalanche sitting around plus 450. Islanders plus 650. And the Canadiens at plus 850. Nothing for me here in this market. If, if you made me take one, it would be Avalanche plus 450. And there's that's also another way if you want to go ahead and play this game tonight kind of and and look it lost last night but you at least saved some sense on it when I said maybe if you want to go with the Bruins you go ahead and take the series price and see if you can get some equity for game seven that might be the way to approach also tonight's game with the Colorado Avalanche because right now the series price Colorado Avalanche I am seeing at plus three dollars I believe at William Hill as one of the highest in the market so maybe that's a way to attack this if you don't want to necessarily go up game six and i know that you said that you like the avalanche for tonight but i forget you like them for the full series do you think obviously we're going to seven is what you assume i'm just gonna actually play the opposite here i'm just gonna play them for tonight i think the knights can win game seven in ball arena in colorado so i they don't obviously want to have that scenario here but i think that they could pull it off they certainly have already in this series a little love to the hometown team we have Derek stevens and mike pone joining us next on my guys in the desert
Welcome back into My Guys in the Desert. I'm Danielle Vari on the desk with Wes Reynolds. Today, we were just breaking down a little bit of futures odds for the NBA and the NHL. We will have Derek Stevens and Mike Palm joining us from the Circa Studio in just a few short minutes. Uh, but we did dive deep into the Nets and Bucks player props in the last hour. We started to kind of tiptoe our way into the Clippers and Jazz. So let's take another look at these Clippers and Jazz props. The Jazz three-point favorites tonight. Again, two and a half still at the South Point, I believe. Total sitting around 223, 10 Eastern start. Where are we looking for props tonight? Yeah, I'm going to look on the Clipper side. I do like them in the game at plus three to go ahead and tie the series up 1-1. And I'm going to look at Paul George here. I know he's been playing a lot more like pandemic P rather than playoff P lately. But I think if you look, especially if you can get that combined player prop market where it's points and rebounds, which I believe in terms of the market, I've seen about 31, 31 and a half ish kind of in that range. Paul George actually is still kind of scoring and producing. He's just shooting badly. He was four of 17 in game one against Utah, five of 15 in that game seven against Dallas. And then he was six and uh, 15 in that game six at Dallas. So in five straight games, George has taken at least 15 shots. And in all five of them, he's made no more than seven, maybe some regression to the mean or rather water finds its level. Level, if you will, during that stretch over the last five games, he's shooting 36%, 35.9 to be exact, and that's not a very good field goal percentage for Paul George. But you know, when when he gets the abuse on on the social media, maybe he kind of responds and is like, "Oh yeah, I'll show you." And then the guy really goes off and has a big game. That's kind of the way you see it work a little bit in the NBA. So the prop I'm going to look at here on the Clipper side is Paul George combined points and rebounds over the total. So a little bit of bulletin board material for him, or I guess in this perhaps, age, perhaps like we'll see. Board. I mean, we'll see if he can live up to the playoff P moniker when you when when you self gloss. There used to be a radio host, a uh, big national sports radio host, that talked about self glossing and giving yourself a nickname. When you do that, you got to live up to that. And if when you don't, that's when you get the abuse from the fan bases. Yes, definitely. Well, uh, Donovan Mitchell's prop is also really high tonight, at least in terms of the points. 30 and a half. Huge game for him before. Uh, what are you expecting to see out of him tonight? A little bit of regression on that end? I'm not going to play it, but I would anticipate at least a little bit of regression. He had 45 points on 30 shots. Absolutely went off. You got to think that they've got to make some kind of adjustments, and there's going to be times they're going to have to switch good defenders on him. They're going to have to put Kawhi on him, or they're going to have to put Paul George on him, or they're going to have to put Pat Beverly or Nick Batum. So, kind of those those wing players those two guards small forward types you're going to have to really switch to I think guard this guy and just throw different defenders at him I would expect Ty Lue is going to do that tonight so would lean to the under but I think 30 and a half is about right what about Rudy Gobert I believe got his defensive player of the year award he did the other night last night I believe anything that you're expecting from him his points prop sitting at 13 and a half rebounds 13 and a half and assists one and a half yeah Rudy of course uh uh, one to put on the highlight reel for the defensive player of the year award, getting the winning block on that corner three at the end of the game. So it's like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to be named defensive player of the year. And he certainly was as of yesterday. Zubach is able to play a little bit more of a role this series than he did in that first one against Dallas where Ty Lue basically had to sit him on the bench because he was getting eaten up in the pick and roll and he'll get eaten up in the pick and roll here again maybe not to this much of a degree Rudy in the first game only had six shots 10 points and 12 rebounds so perhaps uh, a, a rebound tonight but that's a big jump up to 13 and a half so this is likely one I'm going to go ahead and leave alone.
Yeah, he's too busy defending people to get shots off, apparently. <laughs> Reggie Jackson, three-pointers prop is one that Kelly Bidlin's been looking at. I know that he took uh, one game off of it, but he was betting overs on those three-point props because we were seeing a lot of those from Reggie Jackson. His number set at two and a half for three-pointers. Yeah, that was kind of what I was doing with Tim Hardaway Jr. in the Dallas series when it was set at two and a half, and he kept going over it. And then finally, they had to juice it up to three and a half and then a little bit juice to the under. That might be what they do with Reggie Jackson here. So maybe Mr. Bidlin. Midland Midland is on to something here. Maybe he is. And we have primetime action going on tonight as well, starting after our show. So we'll find out what his bets are. Uh, when we look at the series line for this Clippers Jazz game, or this rather this series, the Clippers are plus 175. Jazz sitting at minus 220. Any value on the Clippers here if you think they're going to come back? I think so. And I did bet plus 180 on the Clippers. I kind of thought after they lost this first game because everybody thought that they should have won that first game because they had the 13-point lead. It was basically the adrenaline that carried over for the Clippers off that game seven. Then you kind of saw the home team, or the home team, or the team rather that won a game seven, I should say, that being the Clippers in game one, the next series usually loses 60% of the time, and they did end up losing. Jazz actually had a 10-point lead. Clippers made a nice little rally, just had a bad offensive possession at the end, capped off by Rudy Gobert blocking the game-winning three from the corner. So I think now is the time, if you want to get in on a Clippers series, take them at plus 175, plus 180. When I was on with Teddy Greenstein, he said that the public is loving the over for this game. I know that you like the over for the Nets and Bucks game as well. That one's sitting around 234. But if we look at these team totals, public liking the over for the game, Clippers team total sitting at 109 and a half and Jazz 112 and a half. Which way would you look with those? Yeah, you know, and, and in that game where it probably should looked like it was going to sail over the total and then the Clippers didn't get that shot and the Jazz didn't elect to foul up three, it was 221 and a half was the closer and then it went uh, landed 221. So it's like, okay, you got a bad beat if you, if you had the over here. So no surprise that I think the betters are going back to the over saying, okay, that first game should have gone over and it didn't. So now here's the spot for it. I think it's priced right here at 223. When we look at this series, how many games do you think we're going to go to right now? Obviously, minus 9-10 over 4.5 on DraftKings for this Clippers and Jazz series. Under 4.5 games, you get plus 520 for understandable reasons. Over 5.5 games, sitting at minus 152. And under 5.5 games, plus 117. People believe this is going to go under 5.5 games? Well, and I do not, because one of the other plays I mentioned taking that 175 or 180 on the Clippers series price, you can also play these series spreads here. And I think what I saw yesterday on the Clippers was plus one and a half, plus 125. So that basically says if it goes seven games and they don't win the series, you still cash a ticket. Yeah, makes sense then, I guess, to have that little bit of plus money on that. Well, we finally have Derek Stevens and Mike Palm at the Circa Studio. Busy, guys, so we appreciate them taking time to sit down with us. Derek and Mike, how are you guys doing? Great, great to see you here this Thursday afternoon. A lot of energy in this town for game six, that's for sure. Do you have a, what do you have in front of you there? A treasure map or what's going on? What do we have on the schedule for tonight? No, no, I just, this is hot off the press. It's still folded. This is my, this is my 2020 or 2021 football schedule. This is my survivor schedule right here. I'm going to carry this thing around with me until I've got the entire schedule memorized. Do you know how hard it is to be sitting over at Mega Bar and every night just randomly a guy comes up, hey, what do you think about week eight? What do you think about week 10? That's all they're talking about. So I figured I'm going to carry this thing around until I know the damn schedule. It's, uh, it'd be nice to have a pocket-sized one probably for you, but at least it'll be easy to find at the Mega Bar. 
And speaking yeah, of that, we've got them in all different sizes. I, we had a pocket size one. I gave that to Wilbo earlier today for him to carry around. But I got to carry this big one around until I get this darn thing memorized. And speaking of the uh, survivor schedule planning, how are the signups going for that gentleman? Uh, pretty good. I mean, we haven't really done any advertising. Uh, we talk about it a little bit, but uh, but it's good. I think uh, you know every day we're getting 10, 12, 10, 10, 12 signups, and you know football's not on the on on the front of everybody's mind till about you know mid July. So uh, you know, I, I figure the next next month or so, I'm going to come in every morning, lament the Mike about how much trouble we're in. What, what's our overlay right now, Mike? Yeah, well, I mean, we're at uh, nine million eight hundred and forty thousand still to go here, Wes. So we're we're in trouble. Well, what is on everybody's mind right now, at least locally, game six tonight at the Fortress at the T-Mobile Arena. VGK going to try to get in the final four here of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Do you guys got an event down there tonight, some kind of watch party down there at Circus Sports? Yeah, we've got, um, you know, we've got a stadium swim. We've got, uh, we'll have the game on. And I know the, uh, I know the cabanas and poolside boxes are sold out. I think we're, we're, we've got some GA seating available and it should be a great, uh, great night. Weather's going to be great. And, uh, and I think you're going to have a, a, a massive Golden Knights crowd, it, which, uh, which also reflects the, 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 the path that, um, we're seeing with regards to the uh, the the wagers coming in. I mean, right now, we, we we looked for a couple hours, and it's all it's all coming in on Golden Knights. I, I actually texted Matt Metcalf and and CB. Want to make sure people know that that uh, there's uh, the Colorado, Colorado Colorado Avalanche. You're actually allowed to bet them, and we're at one twenty. <laughs> we're at plus one twenty two, and and that's what I'm trying to market because we need a little Avalanche money because the only Avalanche is is the money the other way. So let me follow up on this game. Let's take off, obviously, supporting our hometown team, the Vegas Golden Knights, and put our handicapper hats on. Who do you like here in this spot? Obviously, we're seeing the Vegas tax where the Golden Knights are getting more of the money here in Vegas, maybe more so than some faraway places. But trying to get some of that avalanche money, evidently the 125 has not been attractive enough. Where do you guys read on this game tonight for game six? Wes, if you watch the end of game five and the body language of the Avalanche players when Stone scored that breakaway in overtime, you would have thought they lost game seven. I mean, they mm -hmm. were so dejected, so stunned, in firm control of that game, up 2 nothing. probably should have been up 4 nothing at the end of two periods. And to think that they lost that game in control of the series was absolutely stunning to them. Now they have to come here. They did not play well in either game three or four here at T-Mobile. Vegas was the better team for 120 minutes. They dominated both of those games. I think it's going to be a real uphill climb. Obviously, this top line for Colorado has been MIA. They should be on a milk carton. They're going to need to show up tonight in order to have any chance here because this atmosphere will be like no other. We saw a really electric game last night, too, in hockey, and now the Islanders will advance to face the Lightning. Have you guys looked at this at all? Have we seen any, set any series prices? What do you think is going to play out with this series? Well, you know, the, the Lightning are the defending champions. They get Kucherov back. Vasilevsky, outside of uh, two periods this playoff, has been absolutely outstanding. They've played so well defensively on the road in both of their series. Uh, to your point, Danielle, that, that, that home ice on the island at Nassau Coliseum is absolutely electric as well. And we saw the Islanders be able to really take down the Bruins um, in the last two games there uh, with the crowd getting into that game. 
you know, I think Tampa deserves to be a two dollar, two twenty five favorite. I don't know. You know, some places I saw two as high as two fifty. I think that's a little bit too high. I mean, Barry Trotz has designed a team. It's hard to score against. They're built for the playoffs. They were in the bubble last year, um, so they didn't get that that home ice advantage being on Long Island. But uh, let's face it. I mean, probably Tampa Bay sitting right now is in. Uh, of these teams that are left, right there, there's now five teams left because the only spot in the final four undecided is Vegas and Colorado. Maybe in the best spot right now, and we're seeing the money in the futures market start to roll back towards them, whereas Colorado had become the favorite after the first round of the playoffs. We're seeing Tampa Bay installed as the favorite, uh, with Vegas really being the second choice. And uh, the team that's kind of hanging out there now, who would have thought they would have been the first team in the Final Four of the Stanley Cup playoffs, considering the series started like three or four days later and everybody else is the Montreal Canadiens. Are they getting any, any support like in the futures market? Obviously, very few teams, so not really big prices out there. Are you seeing any belief in the Montreal Canadiens? Wes, I'm really interested to see what this series price is going to come back against either Vegas or Colorado. We're hoping it's... Uh, from a hometown perspective, the Knights, and I think that's likely they'll close out tonight. But I'm trying to make a price on this. I talked to Matt Humans and Mitch today on Follow the Money when I was on about making a price on this. I think it has to come back north of what the Tampa Bay Islander line is. So I think you're going to see if it's Vegas somewhere between 275 and $3, and if it's Colorado, maybe a little bit north of that, maybe over $3. I think if you can get plus 250 on Montreal, it's worth a play just because of the way they've defended. They haven't trailed in a game since game four against Toronto. Over seven hours of game time since they've trailed. So that's mighty impressive what they do with those four big, tall, long defensemen. And, of course, Carey Price and goal. They'll be a tough team to overcome as well. Well, for tonight's game as well, I know that you usually have some special guests. I know when the VGK played last time, you had their wives and their girlfriends out at Stadium Swim. Any special guests you're expecting for tonight? Well, I think we've got uh, I think we've got a few uh, um, we've got a few uh, super fans that are coming out, but I, I can't tell you any any uh, anyone on the schedule that uh, you want to throw out there, Mike. Do you? No. Well, there's a couple very influential people in the community that are uh, Vegas Knights supporters that are going to come to Stadium Swim, get a cabana tonight, and hang out and watch the game. So some community leaders that have been very important to Las Vegas in the last 25 to 30 years in terms of what they've done for the business community and with the philanthropy that they've shown. So not, no, I don't want to name any names specifically, but we've got some pillars of the community here tonight to try to push Vegas over the top. Having been down there a few times, you never know who is going to show up and who's going to be at the Long Bar, who's going to be eating at Barry's on any given night down there at Circus. So probably you're going to see some faces that you don't expect to see, and they'll be out in full force tonight. About a minute left to go, guys. I do want to ask kind of about a big betting story over the weekend. Of course, John Rahm withdrew from the memorial due to a positive COVID-19 test. I know Matt Metcalf and Jeff Benson and the leadership down there at Circus Sports were answering people's questions on social media media why you aren't paying out and I think obviously that's the justified decision because that's the house rules it's basically an injury he pulled out of the tournament and he didn't win but some of these other shops nationally elected to pay those out so uh were you surprised to see so many of these books pay out these futures considering the guy they paid out didn't end up winning the tournament uh, you know, I think every every book has a different business model, and I think that's why it's important to have some different outs when uh, when when you're when you're a player. Um, I think the position that Circus Sports took was the right position. I also don't think the position that uh, that you know a couple of the outfits uh, made 
in, in deciding to pay it. I don't think they made the wrong decision either. Remember, everybody has different different models with regards to their business, with regards to their advertising, with regards to their hold percentages. So uh, I think I think um, you know we were comfortable with where we stand, and I understand why uh, why some of the other places did what they did. Wes, I want to clarify: Circus Sports did pay out on John Rom. They paid out on the no. <laughs> so they did pay out those bets, and I think justifiably so, and well said in terms of explaining that. Thanks so much to, to Derek Stevens and Mike Palm for joining us. We know you have a big game six to get ready for. We're going to have a full house down at Circa. We have more coming up. Stick with me and Wes right here on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back into the OddsTrader.com studio at the South Point Casino. Make sure you check out OddsTrader.com and download the free OddsTrader app right now, and you can start winning with the up-to-the-second info you need. We're back here on My Guys in the Desert, Danielle Alvari with Wes Reynolds, and it's time for Best Western. Best West, West is best bets. Best Western. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll be staying at the Best Western if these don't cash tonight, so uh, we shall see. But uh, I'll go ahead uh, and start with the hockey game tonight. I did take the Colorado Avalanche at plus 125. Uh, I Everybody, the whole you momentum. Be, you might be encouraging me to make a bet there as well. Well, look, and, and if you're out here in Las Vegas, you may want to wait a little bit. Like Derek Stevens, he kind of spilled the beans here in the last segment down at Circa Sports. He's like, you know, you can bet the Colorado Avalanche tonight because they certainly aren't seeing very many much money on that I think the high watermark I'm seeing right now minus 145 I believe at William Hill stations also at BetMGM plus 120 plus 125 basically the take back on the Colorado Avalanche so I did go with the Avs also went with the Los Angeles Clippers plus three over the Utah Jazz I think they absolutely rebound tonight they only lost by three with as many things as kind of went against them. Morris didn't hit any threes. Kawhi and Paul George a little bit under what they usually produce. And the fact that I think when you look at that second half, you kind of wear out of gas a little bit. You wear out of an adrenaline when you just had to go a tough game seven with Dallas on Sunday and then have to go immediately on the road on Tuesday night against a team with a very big home court advantage. And, you know, Kenny White was talking about that in the first hour in terms of these home court advantages and how much they should be priced in Utah was absolutely on fire on Tuesday night there in Salt Lake City so and it's always a very tough crowd anyway and always a tough environment anyway with altitude Denver also applies in that regard so Clippers plus three Bucks minus 160 money line first quarter over the Brooklyn Nets. And I did also play a little bit of first half money line for this game. I know that trend. Everybody kind of knows about it right now. So keep in mind, you're not getting number or line value because everybody's kind of hip to it. It's not like the guys behind the counter, or the guys in the hubs in these sports books across Las Vegas or across America, for that matter, don't know that this trend is going on. We've seen a little bit of regression to the mean so far in this playoffs with that team down 0-2 going back home. They are 1-2 and in terms of the first half. The only one that covered, I believe, was Boston over Brooklyn in game three of that series. So Bucks minus 160 money line first quarter. I also took the over at 233. I think the Bucks their only chance, they got to make this a track meet I think between these two teams and I know that's kind of picking your poison against such a potent offense like the Brooklyn Nets but I think the Bucks are going to end up finding some offense being back home you would expect the team to shoot better and to be more proficient and that kind of leads me to that prop play of Bryn Forbes over 10 and a half points he has been hitting threes throughout these playoffs and he's been kind of the role player at least from a scoring standpoint that's been stepping up I know PJ Tucker is the guy that's been in the lineup having to defend K 
Kevin Durant. It has not really gone very well for him. And also the fact that you're down a little bit of depth with Dante V. Vincenzo being out and Pat Connaughton having to take some of the role and be and play a little bit of that starter role. But Bryn Forbes is a guy, and you saw it in that Miami series in the first round, that can be that extra score and give them that punch off the bench. So Bryn Forbes over 10 and a half points. Lots of best bets for you tonight. I might have to jump on that that uh, Avalanche one if I get a better price on it as uh Mike and Derek kind of alluded to there. For me, I've just played the WNBA so far because we've been on the show, so I don't get to make as many bets. I'm on primetime action. I'm firing left and right. I probably have some baseball games to get on, but what I have right now, Mystics minus six over the Sparks, and then the Mystics and Sparks game over 158. So this game gets underway in just about 30 minutes. I don't like how big this number is for the Mystics, but I do believe they can cover it. The Sparks are one of those teams that have been so streaky, and even when I looked at this total, I know that the Sparks team can score. They love shooting three-pointers, and they're pretty good at them but they're all over the board with their points total depending on who they play I mean sometimes you get 98 points out of them and sometimes you get 68 but the Mystics have been pretty consistent especially in their last four even when they've played the Connecticut Sun which is a team that tends to make people slow down play their game they were still able to put up at least 81 points and so I'm thinking that we'll be able to get over this low total of 158 as long as the Sparks show up with some shooting tonight but again you never really know what them. Uh, I do think the Mystics will be able to cover the six. Tina Charles has been incredible, averaging about 25 points per game or more. Um, so I'm hoping that the Mystics keep that going. They do have Sydney Weiss out tonight versus the Sparks, but she's been out for the last three games, so it shouldn't be a huge impact there. And the Agumakwes, I don't know when they're going to yeah. be back for the L.A. Sparks, but both of them huge. are out, Shiny and... In Aka, if, yeah. if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, so they are going to be both yeah. out tonight. So uh, we'll see if we can, uh, like Van Morrison says, go into the mystic with Washington. Tonight. Yeah, things are going to get mystical. Yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. They obviously did just come off a game as well. So something to keep in mind. We have more coming up. We're going to talk more NBA, more NHL when we get back on My Guys in the Desert. And if you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget you can check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows, including Follow the Money, A Numbers Game, My Guys in the Desert, and Lombardi Line with VEASAN Best Bets. You can also download Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, Long Shots, Gone Racing, and the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Back here on My Guys in the Desert, Danielle Alvari and Wes Reynolds. We have some MLB action going on tonight. And I do have to have some breaking news. It's like we have a format here, people. We have games to talk about, but Mother Nature doesn't always cooperate. This from Susan Slusser at Susan Slusser on Twitter, one of the better baseball scribes out there. She covers the Giants for the San Francisco Chronicle. This game between Descalfani and Max Scherzer now going to be postponed. 
split doubleheader on Saturday. Mm. So I had all this stuff ready to go about how the Giants have been so profitable this year. If you bet $100 a game on the Giants basically so far, made a little bit under $1,500, and especially as an underdog, 18 and 13, plus a little bit over $1,000. So Giants have certainly been the surprise this year and really been the market darlings. If you've been betting these guys, you've been cashing a lot of tickets, but you'll have to wait till tomorrow if you want to go back for seconds or thirds on that because this game is now off for this evening. The Giants definitely a team that have outperformed people's expectations, so mm-hmm. definitely cashed a lot of tickets. We do have the Rockies and Marlins taking, uh, yeah, it's going to start in just about 30 minutes or so. We have Chi-Chi Gonzalez versus Trevor Rogers. What do you think of this matchup? Well, Chi-Chi uh, is a guy that they kind of throw out there a little bit as an occasional starter, and more often than not, I would go against him, and probably the way I would go in this game is I'm going to go with the first five on the on the Miami Marlins, even though they're not a great hitting team, and I would do it kind of on the run line here, where if you don't want to lay that big price at like $1.90 or $2-ish where it is right now, maybe lay a, a half a run minus 145 that's sometimes what I'll do in the first five against a pitcher I am fading and look Chi Chi Gonzalez the XERA is 580 his strikeouts per nine innings is astonishingly low at 466 batters are hitting 280 against him he's basically a fastball on a slider guy they've been getting hit really all season and I can expect that to continue tonight even with the Marlins lineup that's one of the more weaker ones in the league Trevor Rogers, by the way, strikeout through nine innings going for Miami, 10.6. The XFIP is at 344. His fastball has really improved, has increased the velocity here. So I think you've got a mismatch, at least from a starting pitching standpoint. But if you want to avoid any potential shenanigans with the bullpen, which obviously happens night in and night out in Major League Baseball, I would go to the first five. That's certainly where you're seeing the money go. And I'd lay the, the half a run about minus 145, minus 150-ish. This next one that's also going to start just around 4, 10 p.m. Pacific, 7, 10 Eastern, so underway shortly, is when we talked about with Kenny White, the Astros and the Red Sox. You liked his play on this. I believe it was over the total. Mm-hmm. We have Zach Greinke versus Eduardo Rodriguez. Yeah, and and the first thing that you got to look at, obviously, is how the Astros absolutely smack around left-handed pitching. They did so against the same Boston Red Sox on Tuesday night, got seven runs. Martin Perez got sent from the game early, and the Astros got a big win. That was one of our best bets on Tuesday, but you also got to look at the other side with Zach Greinke against the Boston Red Sox. He does not have great numbers necessarily. Two and five, 460 ERA. However, in his last five starts overall, Zach Greinke, four and one, 237 on the ERA. He's obviously not a guy that's going to strike out a lot of guys anymore, does not really have that velocity on his fastball. So he's gone to the real estate agent pitching philosophy of location, location, location. And that's how Zach Greinke, even his age, is really still able to get these guys out. So you've seen these two teams match up, I believe now six times this season. Houston Astros have outscored the Boston Red Sox combined in those games, 34 to 13. So I did not lay it with the Astros here. That would be the way I would lean. But I think the over is just the better play when you've got a Houston team and you've got guys like Altuve and Bregman and Gurriel that basically throughout their entire careers have smoked left-handed pitching. So three potent spots there in the lineup. So over nine for me here in Fenway. Uh, Same with Kenny White as well. There's two games also getting underway in just about 90 minutes. One of those is the Yankees and the Twins on the mound for the Yankees. Michael Kings versus J.A. Happ for the Twins. Well, you wonder, uh, Yankees, maybe the Twins are kind of what the doctor ordered for the New York Yankees. But they just... 
they seem like they're not vintage Yankees here. When you really look at these guys, these guys are behind in the division. Now looking up at Tampa, also looking up at the Boston Red Sox and really not too far ahead of the Toronto Blue Jays. So you wonder what the Yankees are going to do at the all-star break. If Brian Cashman, I know he's going to want to go get a bat to help that lineup that hasn't been hitting lately, but you do have the Steinbrenner family. It wants to stay under that tax. So, you know, we're used to the Yankees spending so much money and now they're trying to actually maintain a budget, which is weird for in the Bronx to maintain a budget come the trade deadline. So we'll see what they do. Michael King against Jay Happ. Jay Happ 543 on the XFIP and 561 on the ERA. Not interested in that. If I were to go with the side here, which I'm not going to do because it's already moved about 15 to 20 cents, that would be the New York Yankees. I got to think that there's at least a little bit of positive regression for Michael King coming. 704 on the ERA, 470 on the XFIP. He's been kind of unlucky, too, that batting average balls in play we talked about at 320. So the market certainly either they're betting on that number and maybe some positive regression of Michael King, or maybe it's just a fade of the Minnesota Twins, who just have been the biggest disappointment really in the American. American league this year. So 140 is kind of the average price here in the market. And I think that is very fair on the pinstripes tonight. We've mentioned point spread weekly on here yesterday. It came out a new issue and Matt humans, who is our usual host here on my guys in the desert wrote about the Yankees and basically posed the question, should we still be backing them? And you're talking about them not really being the vintage Yankees. Uh, people want to see them a little bit longer in the futures, but why is that? Because they kind of want to bounce. They want to buy in on that because they're expecting them to bounce back in this long season. Well, and I think that's what you got to wait for on the Yankees. Eventually there is a buy-in spot perhaps on these guys, but you know, the odds are starting to lengthen as we go along. So we shall see. You got to anticipate they're at least going to make some kind of move for the all-star break. But if I'm going to bet the Yankees in terms of the future market, I'm going to need, you know, mid teens here. I'm not going to bet them at eight to one or 10 to one. If it gets, you know, anywhere from 12 to 15 to one or higher, then I think it maybe has a little bit of value because they still have one of the best bullpens in baseball, of course, with the role this Chapman, and then they're going to get some arms healthy. They're going to get Severino healthy. That's going to help in a setup role. So the starting pitching, I think is still pretty solid led by Garrett Cole and Corey Kluber. I think is about to start to come around. They're going to get Severino back. They're going to get Zach Britton back. They're going to get Darren O'Day back. Put them with Chapman. That is the best bullpen, I think, in all of Major League Baseball. So wait for a little bit of a drift on the New York Yankees before you go in, though. As you can see here, Yankees plus 215 in their American League East odds behind the Rays. That's on DraftKings. It's hard to get a really good number yeah. on a New York market team like this. Uh, so we'll see what happens with the Yankees futures odds as we move forward. We have other things to get to tonight. More NBA talk coming up on My Guys in the Desert. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in. Don't wait days for your winnings. Cash out instantly with BetRivers' new feature, Rush Pay. You can get your cash when you want it at BetRivers Sportsbook, the industry leader with exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boosts, and the most in-play betting options out there. As always, get a $250 match bonus, the fastest payouts, and only one-time playthrough at BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem in Illinois, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. Not valid in Iowa. We are back with our last segment of My Guys in the Desert for the day. Danielle Alvari here with Wes Reynolds. Before we dive back 
back into the NBA for tonight. We wanted to take a look at some of these college football conference win totals that the South Point put out. We mentioned them when we had Kenny White on a little bit earlier, so I know these came out recently. We haven't done a lot of research on them just yet, but if we take a quick look here, the ACC conference win totals, the highest one sitting here, Clemson, seven and a half is the number, and the over juice all the way up to minus 200. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think it's priced appropriately. I think they are very much a class of the ACC. We'll see if North Carolina and Sam Howell and Mac Brown are able to kind of challenge them at least a little bit because we're not going to have Notre Dame play in that all ACC schedule this year where they really were essentially a member of the ACC and now they're essentially not a member or kind of a part-time member because now they're going to be back playing their normal independent schedule here so North Carolina at least on paper and then Miami with De'Ara King back seem to be the challengers for Clemson but it's still their world and everybody else is just trying to live in it but when I look at these ACC totals kind of the one that interests me is somebody that's projected to finish middle of the pack, and that's the Louisville Cardinals, who, if you recall their first year, Scott Satterfield came to Louisville from Appalachian State, and they actually overachieved. They went eight and five. And then last year, they kind of regressed to the mean down at four and seven. So I think they're a little, they're kind of right in the middle in terms of where they should be based on the win totals they've had the last couple years. But if you look at their ACC schedule, their road games are Florida State, who's still clearly rebuilding a little bit with Mike Norvell. Now they're in his second year trying to get that program back on track. Wake Forest, who'd had a lot of losses, a lot of personnel losses from last year. They're still going to be a very young team. They go to NC State, who's only projected to have two and a half wins in the ACC. And they also go to Duke with one and a half wins. So you got to think, okay, those last two, they would be favorite to win those games. And then also you look at Wake Forest, probably kind of a pick them or a coin flip situation. Same with Florida State. If you win one of the coin flips, then you're going to get three road wins. And then you basically got to win two of the four at home where you're probably not going to beat Clemson at home. So throw that out. So you basically got to win two of the three. So you got to beat Virginia at home, or you got to beat Boston College at home, or you got to beat Syracuse at home. Syracuse is in a total rebuild, new new coach and some new staff up there. So you would expect Louisville, I think, to go over four wins. I think they at least win five. Nice little sleeper pick for you there. What about the Big Ten Conference? We take a look at these win totals. The highest one on the board, Ohio State at 8. The over sitting at minus 130, so juiced there already under plus 110. And the lowest on the board, Rutgers with a 2. Yeah, and Rutgers actually was a little bit of a surprise last year, I thought. they, they Greg Schiano really got him going, uh, got him into a bowl game. They did pull a couple of upsets. So, look, I don't think... returning starters when we kind of look at that and you'll you'll hear that Danielle as we go on in the summer for college football seasons returning starters at Ohio State does not matter because they get five-star kids all over the place so they're going to be fine with the personnel it's like oh we really we lost our top tackler or whatever they're going to be able to replace him so so don't necessarily worry about that uh when I look at kind of just the I guess overall lay of the land there in the Big Ten Michigan now has a new starting quarterback. It's going to be Cade McNamara. Joel Milton is now at Tennessee. Zach Charbonnet was their number two leading rusher, actually now to your alma mater at UCLA. So so Michigan's got to replace a couple personnel guys on defense. I'm wondering the two teams that were kind of the surprises last year, and that would be Indiana and that would be Northwestern. 
are those two teams going to regress from what we saw last year? Northwestern, of course, made that Big Ten title game against Ohio State and Indianapolis. Ohio State ended up winning that game. Indiana got left out. Tough opener for my Hoosiers, Danielle. They have to go to Iowa to start the season, and they're probably going to be about five, five and a half, six-point underdogs. I think that's a fair price. That's what I've kind of seen out there in the market. And then Indiana is going to have to face Cincinnati at home. Now, that is not a conference game, obviously, but that's still a tough game that can kind of affect the rest of your season. So Indiana's got to get going with that tough schedule. Northwestern's is a little bit more manageable, but they don't really return a lot, especially on offense. So we'll see what Pat Fitzgerald can do there. I'm hopeful for Indiana, you know, I, but now that you're at eight in terms of regular season wins and five in terms of conference wins, this is new territory for the Hoosiers. Definitely. And you're talking about having a lot of returners. This is a weird year where we're going to see that very often and also in the Pac-12. So if you take a look at the Pac-12 conference win totals, the highest on the board is Oregon with seven. I hate to see it, unfortunately, but I do understand it. And Arizona, lowest on the board with one and a half. Quite a fall off for them and the under minus 200 for Arizona. So just not a lot of faith in that team at all. UCLA's Mm -hmm. win total sitting at five. Yeah, and uh, I guess the team that A little bit down the board, maybe that nobody's talking about, because when I looked at the overall season wins, it was kind of like Oregon, Arizona State, and USC were kind of right there even. Also, Washington, I think I saw them at nine wins with various big juice to either to the over or the under. But Utah is a team that I think could really improve and kind of get back to where they were. Kyle Whittingham, always, always a very good coach, especially very good defensively. They're bringing in a hot transfer in Charlie Brewer, the Baylor quarterback. So you get a defense also it's returning, I, feel, I believe, like 90% of their production in terms of tackles, sacks, forced turnovers. So the Utes would be a team I would be looking at. Also, your UCLA Bruins returning 85% of their production from last season. Four losses UCLA had by one possession or less. So Don't remind me, Wes. Well, usually (laughs) when that happens, Danielle, it's going to be some good things for the next season because that's what you always see when you lose those close ones. More often than not, they're going to go the other way for you the next season where kind of uh, water finds its level. I don't want to say they all even out because they don't always even out, but at least for a potential there is for UCLA. Stanford would be a team I'm very down on. I know David Shaw already expressing his displeasure because they have that 9 a.m. Pacific kickoff, I believe, on one of those Fox games with that TV deal the Pac-12 has. He is already not very happy about it. Stanford is a team I'm also very down on uh, this season because their schedule is an absolute nightmare. You're having to replace Davis Mills. You're having to replace a lot of guys, even though you weren't a very good team from a wins and loss standpoint last year. You have to replace those guys that went to the NFL. Look at this can- or Stanford schedule, rather. You get Kansas State on a neutral site in Arlington, Texas, for that kickoff classic. Then you got to go to USC in the second week of the season. Then you go to Vanderbilt. I know Vanderbilt kind of a bottom feeder in the SEC, but to get a Pac-12 team in your stadium, they're going to be absolutely jacked up. So that's not going to be a gimme for Stanford. Then you get UCLA and Oregon at home, and then at Arizona State, of course, Notre Dame back on the schedule to close 
close the season. So Stanford's got a really tough schedule. It's going to be a tough road to hoe for David Shaw and his guys. But still, David Shaw, a hard person to bet against, a hard coach for me to bet against. Let's get back into our NBA really quick tonight. We have two games going on. Final thoughts here. Nets, Bucks will be the first one to go. Bucks a three-and-a-half-point favorite, total sitting around 234. I know you like the over here. I did take 233 on the over. We're now seeing some 234-and-a-halves. I just think if you're Milwaukee and if you're going to hang in this series – you're not going to be able to do it necessarily on the defensive end. You are going to have to score. And Giannis is going to have to be better. He averaged 39 a game in the regular season series with these guys. And he's now, I believe, uh, down to about 26. Recall Giannis and Middleton combined only had 35 points in that game two loss on Monday. So Milwaukee's got to find a way to manufacture offense. And that trend I mentioned, too, in terms of that team down 2-0 going back at home, it is already taxing the market. So you're not necessarily okay, I got something figured out. I'm going to pull a fast one on these guys. They've known about this really going back 15 years. Now, it's been 66% in terms of a profit long-term, even though it's regressed this year and a little bit the previous year. But I do think Milwaukee at least comes out strong. That's why I did play them first quarter money line in this game at minus 160. A little bit expensive for the first half, though, if you're playing 180, 190, because the money line for the game basically right now that I am seeing anywhere from 150, I think the high watermark is 160, basically the market average 155. I think that's fair here. But I do think the Bucks get the win tonight and at least show a little bit of semblance of pride. Mm, I don't know. I still like the Nets tonight, but I understand I why. I can't blame the, people if they I bet mean, the Nets based on what they have saw last, but I'm just going to say, okay, we're going to find out if this team has any guts, really. Yeah. We're going to find out if they have the huevos to go ahead and compete in this series because they have certainly not shown it so far. I'm amazed at how poor they've been, especially in game two. I did have a series bet on these guys, plus one and a half games, minus $1.35, so I was banking on maybe Milwaukee's going to take this a seven, but this could be a wrap if they don't get it done tonight. And before we are a wrap, we have one more game, Clippers and Jazz. This was minus three in favor of the Jazz when we started the show. Minus two and a half at the South Point still. Now across the board, I'm seeing two and a halfs, but total still sitting at 223. What do you think of this one? Final thoughts? Yeah, I'm on three here with the LA Clippers. It's now down to two and a half. I also like them for the series price at plus 180. Considering how poorly they shot, and how poorly Paul George, uh, if he can be playoff P tonight, then the Clippers are going to win. If he continues to be pandemic P, then they're not going to get it done, and they're going to go back to Staples down 2-0. But I think this is the opportunity to really jump in on the Clippers. you got to keep in mind they were just off a of Game 7. The adrenaline was enough to carry them the first 24 minutes, and then Utah came back. And that's what Utah is going to do is just keep bombing threes until they go in. They did not go in in the first half. They certainly did in the second half, led by Donovan Mitchell with 45 points. So I'm going with the Clippers here, plus three, also a series at 180. Mike Conley still listed as questionable. Last I checked, Game 2 tonight, Jazz lead the series one to zero thanks so much for letting me sit in for matt humans uh thanks for wes reynolds of course jvt will be back here tomorrow so don't miss my guys in the desert right here on vcin the sports betting network
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.